Thanks, Nate. It's so good to lift up those who are hurting and be reminded of them this morning that we can pray with them and for them. Um, we want to be listening for what God is doing in their world. Uh, it's important that we listen to each other. I was thinking about how, like, whenever we have uh, trouble with our microphones, uh, it always catches you. You know, if you're in a service and the, suddenly the mics go out, you're like, you perk up, right? You pay attention because something changed. The ability we have to listen to each other is so important. We want people to, to listen to what we're saying. We want to have our stories heard. And uh, it's so enjoyable to listen to other people and hear what God's doing in their worlds. And we really want to hear from God as well. We want to be listening for God. I want to start this morning by giving you a little bit of a hearing test, a, a, a sound test. And so I'm going to play some sound effects, and I want to see if you can identify what these sound effects are, okay? Now, uh, they're Christmas sound effects. They all have something to do with Christmas, so that might help you. And I'm going to start with a really simple one. And so uh, when you hear it, if you know what it is, just say it out loud. You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. We can just be loud together. Um, so here's the first one. Say it if you know it. That's right. Jingle bells, that's easy. We all know that one. First service, somebody said sleigh bells. That's more accurate. So they got extra points. Um, Okay, so here's here's the next one. This one's uh, more difficult, so you have to listen closely. Oh, popcorn, but I, that's not right. But tape, yes, tape, yes. I like the popcorn answer, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that one again later. Just listen for popcorn. That's awesome. Okay, here's a, another one. Uh, this might help you feel a little warm. Yes, the fire in the fireplace. Uh, one of the, I don't know, any of you do that Yule log on Netflix that you just kind of play all day long on Christmas Day and uh, just kind of fake yourself out a little bit? All right, uh, here's another one. Santa, uh, actually, that was um, all my Denver Bronco fans last Sunday, um, <laughs> and it was, oh, oh, no, it was, yeah, you, it's hard to hear it, exactly what I was saying. Um, okay, one more sound, uh, what is this one? Nope, oh, sorry, here it is. Silence, that's right, yes, <laughs> the sound of silence. Silence is golden, as they say. And uh, that's true. I was, I, was laughing. I was getting a kick out of the Blue family as they shared, uh, you know, with their kids there, and then suddenly the kids were gone. You know, it's like, <laughs> we need a little bit more quiet around here to actually make this work. That was great. Uh, silence is golden. This last week, we had some friends from California come out and visit with us, friends Angela had for many years, and I've gotten to know them, and uh, they stayed with us a couple of days last week. And uh, they've got five kids, so it's fun to have the house kind of full. And their youngest one is two years old, and he's in that season. And if you've had kids in your life, uh, you know, siblings or neighbors or your own kids or grandkids, uh, that two-year-old phase when they're like constantly saying their mom or dad's name, you know, mom, 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 dad, dad, look at this, dad, dad, look at this, dad. That's the phase he was, he's in. And so it took me back to that phase when my kids were in those seasons of life. And um, you probably remember that if you have had experience with kids in your world, that, that season, it's um, a bit exhausting as a parent. Uh, it's fun in some ways. Uh, I remember it was during that time when my kids were those ages that I, had, I found this ability for selective listening, you know, where, where you can hear certain things, but you block out other things. So when my kids would yell out, uh, maybe in pain, or if they were afraid of something, you're like, Dad, like a yell like that, I would jump and I would go and I'd run to wherever they were to see if they were all right. But if they had that dad that was more of like, I need your attention, I'm hungry for your attention kind of sound, like, Dad, 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 Dad that I, I had this ability to just block it out. You know, I could kind of, I wouldn't even 
necessarily hear it. And it was a great, it's a great skill. If you're a parent, new parent, and you uh, talk with me later, I'll help you learn how to do this. Um, it's a really a great skill. The problem is that when they get older, uh, some, sometimes you hold on to that skill, and it's not so helpful. Uh, I, I still have this ability. I'll be focused in on something on a screen in the house, and I'll have a friend or a family member, and they want to talk with me, uh, a kid or somebody wants to say something to me, and I just won't hear them. You know, I'm just so focused on what I'm watching. They'll be having a conversation, and then they'll pause and just check in with me, and I'll be like, what, what, what did you say? Sorry, I wasn't listening, you know. It's like this skill that I have now that maybe isn't serving me all that well. I kind of wish I could get rid of it. Because, because we all know what it feels like when you're talking to someone and they're not really listening to you, right? You, you sat with people that you've been talking to and you see something in their eyes. They, kinda, they start to look around or, or the way they twitch a little bit or their posture. Something tells you, oh, they're, they're not listening any longer. You know, they're not with me right now. And, and when that happens, we, we know what that feels like. You feel like, I guess it doesn't really, my story doesn't matter to them. It's, you feel a little devalued. It, it feels a little less loving, when people don't engage with you and, and listen to the stories that you're telling. And that's something that really is important for us to think about. How you listen to others matters. How you listen to what God is saying, how you listen to what others are saying into your life, it, it matters that we pay attention, that we listen to people. Jesus once said, blessed are your ears because they hear. Blessed are your ears because they hear. And, and he wasn't just talking about the physical ability to hear. He was talking about a spiritual ability. To, to hear what God is saying, to be able to, to pick up on what the Spirit of God is, is, is speaking toward us or into our lives. Jesus had people around him that had become so focused on, on one thing, uh, on maybe the Old Testament law or the religious you know, checklist that they had. They were so focused on that. They couldn't hear what God was saying through Jesus when he was there preaching and encouraging them. They just couldn't pick up on it. And then there were others, though, that could hear. There were others that Jesus is referring to here. Blessed are your ears. You're able to hear what God is saying. His kingdom is coming, and you're able to pick up what he's saying to you. And Jesus says, that's a blessing that you're able to hear. Of course, there's times when we're listening for what God is saying, um, and he seems to be silent. There's times when we're hungry to hear from God. And we, we ask him, we, we're looking for him, and we just can't seem to hear what he's saying. We can't seem to pick him up. And that kind of silence, that can be difficult. That can be painful because we, we desperately need to hear from him. That one of the simple things we can do this Christmas is to take time and listen for what God is saying to us, to seek to understand his heart for our lives and for the lives of others around us, to sit and wait on God, to lean in and take a posture before God that says, I want to hear, I believe, and I want to know more. I believe, I want to understand more of what you're doing in our world today. When Jesus' mother found out she was going to carry the Son of God, give birth to the Messiah, she was listening. She was leaning in. She wanted to understand more. Before we get to the song that Mary sang when she heard this news about Jesus coming, I just want to compare her response to the news with another person who received amazing news about the same time, Zachariah. We talked about Zachariah last week. His son, uh, John the Baptist, uh, he found out he was going to be a dad in his older age. It was miraculous that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a child, and, and John the Baptist came into their world. We talked about John last week, how he helped us to understand that peace comes as we pursue less, not more, and we talked about that last week. So Zechariah, here's the news of John coming. I just want to compare his response to Mary's. The angel shows up with Zechariah and says these words, "'Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard.'" Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. 
And, and to this news, Zachariah says, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. How can I be sure? What's the proof? Give me some evidence that this is actually going to happen. And I love the response of the angel because it's almost like he takes a step back verbally. And he's like, you need proof? What proof? I'm standing in the presence of God Almighty. I'm an angel. You know? What more proof do you need? I'm right here in front of you. What are you looking for? What kind of evidence are you looking for that this is not enough, my presence? And the angel chastises him and corrects him and says, because you doubted, because you didn't have faith that God was speaking these words to you, you're not going to be able to speak until John is born. You're going to lose your ability to share the story of what's just happened with those around you until your son is born. So that's one experience, Zechariah, you know, how he responded to the angel's news. Jump down a few paragraphs and we see Mary's encounter. The very same angel, Gabriel, and the very same kind of movement here. The angel shows up and the response initially is fear, which is a normal human response when an angel shows up. And then Gabriel says, don't be afraid. I've come to bring good, good stuff. I'm bringing good things to you. And then there's a question from the one who is beholding this angel. And so Mary responds about the news about Jesus. And she says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? How will this be? Zachariah said, how can I be sure of this? And she says, how will this be? They seem really similar kind of questions to ask. And yet the angel doesn't chastise Mary, doesn't correct her. He, he answers her question. And then he goes a little further. He says, and I'm going to give you a sign that you can know that this is true. Your, your relative Elizabeth is with child in her old age. So he says, I'm not going to give Zachariah a sign, but I'm going to give you a sign. And I think about this story, and I wonder, well, what's the difference between Zachariah's response and Mary's response? And it's really the posture of their listening. It's how they were listening to what the angel said. Zachariah says, ah, I need evidence. Give me the proof. Mary says, all right, I understand. I need to know more. Help me understand more of this story. We see her response a little bit later. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be, basically Mary's saying, all right, let's do this, all right? Let's, I'm on, let's get into this. And she was saying, but I need to understand, how is this going to happen? She was 14 or 15 years old. She knew how pregnancy came about. And she's like, I'm a virgin. So, like, how is this going to happen? And the angel responds and, and affirms her, doesn't correct her, because of the posture of her listening. She's not doubting. She's saying, I believe, I just want to know I want to understand more. Help me understand more. When you listen to God, how you listen to God, the posture you take matters. Are you leaning in and believing? Mary found joy because she listened with faith. She listened with a heart full of trust that God could do what he said he was going to do. And she responded with trust and action. That's the posture of her listening. It allowed her to experience joy. And we see that joy showing up in the, in the song she's about to, we're about to read. Joy is found as we listen and as we respond. We will find joy this Christmas as we listened, as we listen and as we act. We take action in what God is doing in us and through us. The angel tells Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant, and so she, she takes action. She goes and visits her, her relative Elizabeth. I want to invite you to take your Bible, if you've got one with you, and open up to Luke chapter 1. We're going to see the, the joy that is around this story as she goes to visit Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 39. Mary would have to get ready for a bit of a journey here because she'd have to travel almost 100 miles. It would take several days. She ends up staying with Elizabeth for several months. 
And so it was, it's going to take a, a little bit to get all this together for the travel. But she does it quickly. Verse 39, it says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Mary takes action at what she hears from the angel. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. These are kind of two big movements here, right? One inside, this baby jumping inside of her, and then the Holy Spirit falling on her. And so in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord would fulfill, that he would fulfill his promises to her. This interaction between John and Jesus while they're still inside their moms, is, it's just so cool to me, so fascinating to think about, that John would know he was in the proximity of the Savior of the world, and that he would respond, even in the womb, with joy, with, with movement, with excitement of what God was doing. I like the way the message paraphrase talks about this encounter between Elizabeth and Mary. Mary, Elizabeth's words here in the Message Bible, the moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. Elizabeth says there's sheer joy here in this moment. Sheer joy. That's, that's what we are looking for this season. That's what we're looking for in our lives. This idea of joy of expectation, of comfort, of delight, wonder, rest, all these expressions of joy in our lives. We are hungry to see what God is doing in us and around us. And as we listen for his voice, as we take action and do what he's calling us to do, we, we encounter joy. We, we see joy. Joy is so much more than just feeling happy. It's a state of mind that seeks to engage with what God is doing in the world and the lives that are being transformed by God. It's, it's almost like a muscle, like a heart muscle that you can exercise and you can strengthen your ability to experience joy. It's like a skill that you can pick up. Joy is fed by hope. We're created for joy. When we see people experiencing joy, it affects us. It draws us closer to them and closer to God. It has this way of changing us. Last Monday night, I was able to go to the worship wagon up at Washington Park in Kansas City. And this great partnership we have with, the, with those who put that on every week and uh, they, they serve a meal there in the park to those who are experiencing homelessness. And they sing some songs and we read scripture together. And uh, if you know, last Monday night, it was chilly, right? It was a, a cold night. I had to get out my winter jacket, my hat and gloves and, and went. And, and it was just so wonderful to be in this place with people and to experience God's presence, to sing songs. I was so impressed with the guitar player because he's playing without gloves on, you know, <laughs> and his fingers just moving. And uh, reading God's word together. And afterwards, I was able to talk to a couple of the the, the people that were there, individuals that were there, and they just talked about how it was just a hard day, one of, really cold, one of the first really cold days of the season, and to have a hot meal and some, some friends show up and to sing songs with them and read the Bible with them. They said it was so encouraging, and they're just so thankful, and there's this joy coming out of them. Even in their circumstances, there is joy, and I was driving home just, you know, feeling great about what God is doing, knowing that he's at work and lives here in our community and their joy spread into my life as well. Joy is a gift from God. It's one of Jesus' mission statements. He, he gives us his mission a few times in the New Testament. One time he talks about joy in John 15. 
He said, Jesus said, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This idea of complete joy, that it comes as we respond to what God is doing in the world. Jesus says, as you, as you receive my way of life, as you live into the ways I've called you to live, he says, as you keep my commands, he says, you will experience joy, complete joy. As we take action, as we listen and act, we will find joy. Jesus came to earth so that people could be filled with joy. Our problem, I think here we're seeing from Jesus, our problem is not that we need to settle down and get a little more serious. It's not our problem. Our problem is that we're not experiencing the life of God in joyful ways. Some of us are a little joy impaired, right? A little joy challenged. Maybe especially during this season when things are so busy for us at times or we're going to bump into people that are hard for us to be around. It's hard to engage with joy. Mary was able to lean into joy even in the midst of her difficult circumstances. First century teenage girl pregnant before marriage, that was not, that was not going to go well for her. That meant isolation. That meant, might even mean death. And yet she's able to talk about Joy. I think joy is a skill that we can improve on, we can work on, we can practice and grow in our lives. Mary experiences joy even in her circumstances. After talking with Elizabeth here, Luke chapter 1 again, verse 46, Mary sings this song. It's one of the things we do when we're experiencing joy is we sing. And she sings this song. These are the words that she says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Do you hear the, the joy in Mary's song, the rejoicing, the trust that she has, that, that God is doing great things, that he is saving and lifting and changing things, that the power of God, the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God, all these things fill her up with joy. And she is excited to see what God is going to do. And the reality of his movement is surprising. She talks about rulers being pulled off their thrones and those with much being sent away empty and those who are hungry being filled. God moves in strange and different ways when it comes to joy. And the words that Mary sings here are very familiar to another song in the Old Testament, another mom who wasn't able to get pregnant, but eventually God allowed her to have a child and she sang a song with the joy she was experiencing. Her name was Hannah. She was pregnant with Samuel, who would be the last judge and, and anoint the first kings of Israel. He was kind of the go-between between the period of the judges and the period of the kings. And when Hannah found out she was going to have a child, she sang a song as well. And these are some of the words that she sang. And they're very similar to Mary. See if you can pick out the similarities. She says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. 
There is no one holy like the Lord. Mary said the same thing. Something about the movement of God in our lives, it causes us to see him, see his holiness in a different way. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. You can hear that similar language there. One of the things I, I think we're seeing in Hannah's words and in Mary's words are that joy notices those who are overlooked. Joy sees those and listens to those who are hungry or humble, those who are alone, those who suffer, those who many people turn a deaf ear toward or overlook. Both of them talk about and sing about how God sees those who are hungry and fills them up, those who are overlooked and brings them close. It's one of the things I notice there. A joyful person hears and notices what God hears and notices. And God, he hears and he notices those who are overlooked, those who are unnoticed, those who are forgotten. And it reminds me that joy, um, when we think about listening with joy, the opposite of listening is not talking, right? The opposite of listening is not talking. The opposite of listening is ignoring, is looking over, looking past people, not listening, not paying attention, not seeing them. And God sees us. And God listens to those who are hurting, those who are hungry in spirit and poor in their souls. If joy is like a muscle that we can exercise and make stronger, part of that exercising, part of the practice to increase our skill of joy has got to be looking for those who are unnoticed, looking for those who are lonely and suffering and finding ways to reach out to them and connect to them and listen to them and join with God what he's doing in their lives. I think about when my kids were in elementary school I don't know about you, I ended up driving my kids to school like their whole childhood life. I had one year when August took a bus to kindergarten, but that was it. All the rest of the time, I'm always driving my kids to school. I, don't, I, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, I don't know. But uh, I would drive them to school, and on most mornings that meant um, sipping my coffee and sitting in silence. But on good mornings, when I was a little more awake and active as a parent, I would ask them about their day and say, so we're going to school, I'm like, what are you looking forward to today? What are you excited about? What are you nervous about? What's, what are you kind of wonder, worried about? And we would talk about those things as we drove to school. You know, it's a few times you have your kids as a captive audience in the car. So I'd ask questions. And then about once every three weeks or so, I, I would ask about kids in their school that were maybe alone. Now, how important is it that our kids have friends? And I would say, Who's the, is there a new kid at school that you see out on the playground not playing with anybody? Or do you go into the lunchroom and see, is there a kid that's always sitting by himself or herself? And we would talk about that, and I would say, let's pray for them today. Why don't you be the friend that goes and sits with them at the lunch table? Or when you're out there playing, invites them to come and play with you. Or when the group work starts to happen and they're looking for a group, why don't you be the one to invite them in? And they would talk about Joe or Sally or something. one of these kids that's just going through a tough time, maybe got into a fight with their normal friends and they're all by themselves, and, and we would pray for that person and say, how can we be with them? How can you look for them and notice them and show up for them? That was on my good mornings when I was, you know, doing my dad thing the right way. Because joy notices, joy moves towards those who are separate. Joy listens and acts on behalf of those who are overlooked and hungry and alone. So who is that in your world? Who are those that, that you can think of right now that, um, that are isolated, that are alone? You have a neighbor that hasn't been able to see their family for 12 or 18 months. And, you know, they might be alone this, this Christmas season. 
Is there a coworker that nobody wants on the team? You know, when you, when you have to do, you get lunch as a, t- a co-working team, there's that one person that nobody invites in. Who's that person? Can you think of them right now? Or who's, who's someone at school that's tough for you to be around, that, that pushes the buttons that you've got? Or, or maybe it's a family member that the, the family's kind of pushed away because of some choice they made or something they're doing. And maybe it's a belief they have or whatever it is. Who is that in your family? What can you do in these days to notice them, to listen to them, to reach out to them, to express joy to them? Yesterday on Facebook, on the church's Facebook page, there was a post about this, about looking for those and inviting them in. I just want to read the post to you from Facebook. Christmas can be a difficult time of year for many people. Today, take a moment to pray and ask the Holy Spirit who you can invite to join you for Christmas at Hillcrest and other celebrations this month. An invitation can mean a lot to someone who feels alone. An invitation, because an invitation tells them that they were noticed, that they were seen, that they're missed. So we've got uh, these little cards out in the lobby this morning that you can take with you and use them to invite a neighbor or a family member to join us for Christmas Eve. It's just one, one thing that you can try. They're out there in the lobby. Pick one up as you go. But think about that. Who are those that you want to, that God wants you to see? Who are those that are being overlooked? Joy is one of these interesting things in our faith life, in our walk with God. We were created for joy. We were created for hope and faith and love. But it's one of these things that when you make that your focus, like if I want joy and I'm just going to go after joy, if I try to grab onto it or, or strive for it or pursue it, it's like trying to catch the wind. For whatever reason, it's one of these things that you can't get it when you, it's your focus. When your focus is joy, you're, you're going to swing and miss. But when you turn to the side and you look for those who are hurting and you look for those who are alone and you say, how can I show up for them? How can I listen? How can I be present in their world and, and be in their life? It's amazing. When you do that, joy just sort of settles down upon you. It's one of the ways God created us, that as we serve others, as we think about others, as we move towards them, we receive joy because we're, we're where God wants us to be. We're in work with him. So who is that for you? We will find joy this Christmas as we listen and act, and especially as we do that on behalf of others who need to be lifted up, whose souls might be hungry, whose spirits are hurting. We need to notice them and, and move towards them. And I want to encourage you to do it right now. I think we can do it right now in this moment. So many, so many times we leave church with some, maybe some good thoughts, but then life just gets busy. I know there's a game, some game, starting in like half an hour uh, and, and we're going to get distracted and busy. So let's take 30 seconds right now. I'm hoping as I've been talking that God's put someone on your heart, a neighbor, a friend, a family member, coworker, someone. And I think right now you could pick up your phone. If you've got your phone with you, you could pick it up and just send a text. Say, hey, Steve, just thinking about you. How are you doing today? Julie, um, had a great week at work with you. We're looking forward to this next week. Just send a little text to them right now. You can do it right now. If you don't have their number, you can go on, maybe they're Facebook friends. You can go on Facebook and send them a message. So I want to give you a moment right now to do that. Grab your phone. Um, you don't have to hide it now. You can pull it out. Uh, some, some of you probably left your phone in the car because you don't like it ringing in church. So good job on that. And uh, if you don't have your phone with you, then just grab a, a piece of paper there. Grab that connection card and a pen. Just write down the name of the person. Write a little note to them and you can stick it on their door later today or or bring it to work later this week, or get it to them when you see them next. But let's take about 30 seconds and just reach out to that person that God's putting on your heart, okay? Let's just do it right now, and then we'll close together in prayer.
so many ways we can communicate. If you don't have that phone with you right now, if you're not able to do it right now, that's okay. Let's do it. Make sure you do it later today. Notice the person that God's put on your heart. Take a moment to reach out to them and connect with them. You may have noticed as you came in, there's a table of bags right there in the lobby. Uh, our preschool had a little birthday party for Jesus yesterday, and each of the families left with a little birthday cake mix and frosting, and, and we had a few left over. So I just want to encourage you, that might be one great way. If you've got a neighbor with little kids, um, someone in the apartment building has got little kids, just grab one of those bags and take it with you and say, hey, this, my church had this. I, just, I was just thinking about you this morning and drop it off with them. Another great way to let people know you're thinking of them. Just so thankful to be with you guys. Let's, let's take a minute and talk to God about this and ask him to help us. Father, we're so thankful that you are here right now with us. It, it's your grace that, honor, that um, notices us. We, we don't deserve your attention. We don't deserve your love, your grace, your mercy, and yet you continue to offer it to us. Father, I'm so thankful for everyone here this morning, those watching online, for the ways that you're working in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that you would allow us to experience your joy as we respond to what you're saying to us, as we listen to those in our neighborhood that, that others are, are missing. Lord, help us to pay attention, to lean in, and to, to express your love to those around us who might feel lonely or separate or suffering, Lord, this season. Help us to reach out and be aware that you're working in their lives right now. And joy is found as we listen, as we participate. I think especially, Lord, of those here this morning that might be experiencing that loneliness or that loss. They might be realizing right now that they're hungry for community, for you, for something different this Christmas. Father, would you meet them right where they're at right now? Allow them to hear from you. Remind them that they're not alone. That you are here, that we are here. Walk together. And I pray we'd be able to encourage one another, Father, because you have encouraged us. We want to experience your joy. So allow us to be part of what you're doing in the lives of others today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.